Hello and welcome to Lecture 12 of Dr. Peterson's short lecture series for Introduction to Psychology. Uh, today we're going to be talking about research methods in psychology and uh, this is an interesting area to be speaking about because often when we think about psychologists we think about therapy, treatment, uh, and the like. And as we've been talking about in the last 11 or so videos, that's a, a stereotype we often have of psychologists because we often think about the uh, psychologists being mental health providers and, and therapists and, and, and the like. And uh, rightfully so, as I've mentioned in earlier uh, lectures, about 52% of psychologists are clinical psychologists. And so that reputation definitely uh, is there in the field. But even clinical psychologists are first trained as scientists, as we learned in the first two weeks of the class. And so what we want to explore in this week is I want to introduce you to the methods that psychologists use to examine behavior and mental processes. And we're going to look at it in two ways. One is basic research. And basic research is really just trying to answer questions about human behavior and mental processes, the brain, the mind, and how it operates. Uh, and really, that makes up a good portion of what we'll be talking about um, after this week. So next week, we'll be talking about biological processes as it's associated with behavior and mental processes. The following week, we'll be looking about about into development, into human development, and how people change over time. Those aren't necessarily specific to a disorder or a maladaption, but we're talking about people overall, human beings as a whole. And then after that, we will be talking about uh, human beings as a social being. And all of these topics are to understand human behavior and mental processes as they are in, if you want to put it this way, the general human population. And this is important to begin with because, you know, a lot of people really are curious about mental disorders and what goes wrong uh, with individuals. Yet, if we think about it, we really need to know what is right with individuals, uh, what are the processes that are, what, what are the correct processes of, for example, development, of socialization, of, uh, of normal mental processes when it comes to stability and all of those types of things. If we're going to understand how to help somebody who is experiencing those experiences in an abnormal way. Um, the second way we're going to look at research is from the applied perspective. The applied perspective being, so we have researchers who look at the basic understanding of cognitive mental behavioral processes, but we also have people who look at the applied processes. 
And we do this in two ways, is there's the professional field. So there's individuals, for example, a clinical psychologist and industrial organizational psychologists use the scientific method in their practices. So yeah, you go to a clinical psychologist, they do a whole bunch of interviews, assessments, and then they draw a conclusion that is like a hypothesis. You can liken it to a diagnosis. And then they put some type of treatment modality, which you could put in as, as a experimental design, right? And then they monitor your change, which is the measurement. And we see if you get better based on the hypothesis, the original diagnosis, and then the treatment plan. It's really using the whole scientific method. Uh, if you remember earlier in the course, I talked about industrial organizational psychologists do very similar things. And I mentioned a good friend of mine who works uh, for casinos. And he's done things such as changing the shapes of hallways to see if it uh, pushes people quicker to casino uh, halls, for example. Um, in all kinds of different ways to increase human performance in the workplace, as an example, using the scientific method. But there's also applied research looking at things like programs to reduce incidences of uh, suicide, uh, uh, programs of applied psychology that looks at uh, how to increase... Um, school performance. Uh, recently, when I was first hired at Tonawatham Community College, uh, a group of me and uh, my students, in fact, it's in a, a, a picture of me and uh, some of the students who were part of this research, um, are in the, in, in the section that introduces me in the, in the course. We did research on, um, on what are the social and situational factors that influence uh, student success for students who attend Tonawatham Community College. And um, the, we did a more indigenous approach to that research, and it was more qualitative in nature uh, instead of using the more traditional models that's, that, that did that. So that's an example of uh, applied research that is meant to then go and, and inform the college about practices that we should have in place for students to help ensure their success. Um, so, so we have applied and we have basic research. And then we also have the application of the scientific process to try and help improve individuals' lives. And those are the different ways psychologists use science uh, to understand or to improve uh, human behavior and mental processes. And we're going to see that, it, that uh, we have kind of two ways to approach measurement and approach understanding uh, human behavior. We have a quantitative way and we have a qualitative way. And for now, I just want you to think about it in this way. Quantitative research means we're going to measure something. It's going to be an objective measure. So what we're trying to do is get to the objective reality of something. Okay. So we want to get to the average uh, happiness level. We want to understand what the objective values of 
happiness or identity or personality are. And we want to be able to quantify that in some way. So we're trying to understand what the, the objective components of something are. When we talk about qualitative measures, we're talking about the subjective experience of somebody. So we want to know uh, what the lived experience of an individual is not just the objective experience. And this becomes very important when we look at specific communities of existence, especially when it comes to, for example, applied research. So, for example, uh, research uh, dealing with, let's say, high rates of suicide within a given community. So we could objectively know five factors that contribute to uh, suicide, and we can go into that community and we can measure those five factors, and for sure we can find out that those five factors exist. But in order to reduce those, we have to we have to understand the subjective reality, the subjective experience that the individuals. Uh, are having with those five factors we have to know what the the, how it's being lived is I guess what I'm saying and we're going to see when we get to uh, Native American psychology and Native American research is that there's a big argument for use of qualitative methods with Native American populations And I'm not going to say much to this at this moment, but I think there's a good argument for this because one of the failures of services in Native American communities is that we continue to use Western approaches or we use a Western approach and we paint Native American ideals onto it instead of taking the other approach where we take a Native American concept, a subjective reality of a Native American community, and we put into a system of helping into it. And so, um, and the qualitative approach allows for that. Instead, we're, we're stuck with trying just to measure it and then just put some type of Western approach into this, and we're failing miserably in a lot of ways. But uh, we're going to have a little bit of debate about this, and I hope you will join me in this debate, because you all are the future of, of, of how we need to address the issues that are happening among Native American communities. You guys are the future of Native American communities, and so... I really would encourage you to look at these different methods and look at the papers that debate uh, the use of qualitative methods versus quantitative methods and see if uh, what your conclusions are. Uh, because there, I think there could be an argument for the use of both methods. Uh, but I look forward to reading what your all responses are uh, because... Uh, we have to really try to understand uh, our world a little bit better than just from one uh, perspective. 
um, because we do come from a very diverse place and there is something called the mixed model where we have a quantitative and a qualitative method uh, and we have to not understand the objective realities of the world but we also have to find ways to understand what the subjective, the lived realities of individuals are as well. And that's what we will explore this week. We will start by looking at the basic research process that uh, psychologists go through by looking at a research article which kind of goes through the process. Then we'll specifically look at the quantitative method, the qualitative method. We'll read a couple argue articles <laughs> um, uh, about uh, research among Native American communities. Um, I hope we have some debate. I really want you guys to come out of this week with a understanding of research methods um, and how uh, psychologists approach researching human behavior uh, and mental processes. And I also hope that you come out of this week a better consumer of research because we can also be tricked by some of the stuff that comes out and I hope that uh, after this week you can look at something and go, yeah, no, uh, I need to withhold judgment on this one just for a little longer. I look forward to uh, our discussions this week and um, have a wonderful week.